Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Female Footballers Podcast. Our episode today is with a young woman, 16-year-old Hollis Belger. We really hope you enjoy this episode. Hollis started juggling for Jude at age nine, and she is currently raising money for St. Jude's Children's Hospital for pediatric children with cancer. We are hoping that you enjoy this episode and a little bit and learn a little bit about her story. We wanted to give some updates. Since recording this, Hollis has recently beat her juggling record, and it is now 7,157 juggles. It took her 76 minutes, and she is trying to go for the Guinness World Record on juggling. We were hoping that you're feeling in the charitable mood that you can check out her website. It's www.jugglingforjude.com. Just click on Donate and you can help a child with cancer. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoy this episode with Hollis Felger. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Female Footballers Podcast. My name is Cassie Gray, and I am your host. We are so excited. Today, we are joined by a very special guest. Her name is Hollis Felger. And she is the founder, I guess you could say, of Juggling for Jude. Welcome, Hollis. Hi, so, thank you so much. All right. We want to get right into it and explain to our listeners what Juggling for Jude is. Um, and so if you could give a l- little bit about um, what that is. I, I mean, I'm happy to give your background, too, but I think it's more fun coming from you. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I have been juggling my soccer ball to raise money for kids with cancer at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital since I was nine years old. Um, it started by me just going out every single day and falling in love with soccer juggling. I did it all the time before school, after school, and I learned about pediatric cancer. And I was really kind of struck that kids just like me had their lives turned upside down. And I definitely wanted to do something to help. So I kind of put the juggling and the Jude together and Um, When I learned that St. Jude treats kids with cancer free of charge, that was another um, mission and message that also really resonated with me. So I put the two together and my mom helped me set up a website and I just started juggling, started asking people to, you know, kind of sponsor me and do a dollar per juggle um, and donate to this amazing cause. And from there, it just kind of took off. I now have done soccer juggling clinics, soccer juggling lessons, Zoom lessons over quarantine. Um, sold soccer balls, and I do a lot of public speaking um, and a lot of advocacy in my community for youth and philanthropy as well. And that's kind of how it's, what it's been. That's awesome. Oh, I have so many questions. The first (laughs) one, I guess, would be at nine. I have an eight-year-old daughter, and Mm -hmm. so um, I'm very impressed with at nine, you had this idea, and you mentioned your mom helped you at the website, but, um, you know, what really like made you make that connection? Did she help you kind of like say, hey, you could do this or was this your idea? Like, how did that start? Yeah, I mean, my mom definitely helped me kind of make it make it something. But I, I do, you know, distinctly remember that putting the two together was was kind of my idea. And I, you know, I was really young. I didn't fully understand what pediatric cancer was and I didn't fully understand the scope of it or the severity I'd say and how it really just impacts families and communities so much. Um, but I you know, knew that there was this place that was amazing. And I actually did my own research project on St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in fifth grade. Um, I made like this huge poster board because we could do a research project on any topic we wanted. So that's what I picked. And I think that that really helped me understand and 
I was obviously very good at juggling at the time. And so when I put the two together, my mom helped me with all the social media and technical aspect because I was too young to do that at the time, but never underestimate the power of, you know, a child's mind and what they can think of because um, you just need a little bit of support, a little bit of backing and, um, you know, you can really do anything. It doesn't matter your age. Absolutely. And I think um, it's so interesting for the, for the listeners, like, all this is legit, you guys. I don't think you realize. Like, she has raised over five hundred thousand dollars. She is um, about to have a TED talk on this subject. She has been the She Believes Hero for 2018. She has been in People Magazine's Teens Changing the World. Um, all sorts of publications, very famous publications, on what she's doing. So this is a very legit guest, and we're very grateful to have you. Um, a couple questions about your soccer kind of, you know, growing up, what age did you start? Who'd you play for? Do you still play all that kind of stuff? Would like to know yeah. So I was in the sport when I could walk. I mean, I was playing soccer um, when I was super, super young. There's photos of me on the field, just, you know, the ball is like half the size of me and I'm like kicking it around. My mom grew up playing soccer. She played soccer in college um, and my dad was an athlete. And so um, you know, those two kind of combined, I was definitely thrown into the sport um, from a really early age. And I remember loving it. I had, you know, soccer themed birthday parties till I was like seven. Um, I was really kind of enjoying it. I started playing competitively when I was eight years old, which is when I learned how to soccer juggle. Um, my coach suggested that we start soccer juggling to improve our skills. And um, that's kind of when I started to get really good at it. And a year after I was kind of a juggling a little juggling pro is when I started my fundraiser, but I was playing for um, Central Marin, which is now Marin FC. They merged clubs, but I was playing for Central Marin. And um, up until I want to say I was around 12 or 13, maybe a little earlier. And then I switched to Mill Valley. Um, and that was really great. I had a great time there. Um, had a few different coaches and played with a lot of my school friends, which is something that I typically didn't do. And then I played one year of Tiburon, uh, my first year of high school. And then I made the executive and really challenging decision to not try out for my high school team freshman year, which was kind of the first sign of not, I don't think we're going to play soccer anymore, which was kind of crazy for me to think about that because it's been such a big part of my life. And I, you know, I still watch soccer. I'm juggling all the time, obviously. I'm still, you know, I love to watch my high school team, girls team play. Um, Cause I'm, I live right near my, you know, high school field. So I go out there with my mom and we watch. And so I, I'm definitely still involved in the sport. Um, but that was not trying out for soccer for my high school team freshman year was definitely like the first, whoa, okay. I don't think we're going to do this anymore. So that's kind of like the timeline and the the clubs that I played for. Was it was it more of stopping playing? Was it more that the enjoyment came more from what you're doing now? Or was it that the sport just it just wasn't fulfilling in the same ways that it used to? Yeah, so there were there were a couple of reasons. One of them is that I'm actually um, a dancer. And so I was um, on top of juggling for Jude, which a lot of the really big stuff happens over the summer. Over the school year, I'm dancing, you know, pretty much year round um, at Roco Dance. I specialize in hip hop dance. I teach hip hop dance to younger students as well. Um, and I've been dancing 
just about just as long as I've been uh, playing soccer. So I, um, you know, those two sports are, I consider dance sport. Those two things were, you know, going head and head, like all of elementary school, all of middle school and all my coaches, all my dance teachers were like, you're going to have to pick one. You're going to have to pick one in high school. It's not going to work. And I would love to say, you know, like you can do both. Like, don't, you know, limit yourself. Don't limit your talents. But to a certain point when dance is year round, it really makes it impossible to play another sport. And I was going from, you know, ballet class to soccer practice to jazz class, you know, in, in one day. And it just became way too much and I couldn't do it anymore. Um, so that was a really big reason why I think I stopped because I wasn't able to commit myself to soccer as much as I wanted to. Um, there were a few reasons why I think my love for the sport playing, actually playing the sport kind of faded. Um, my coach, my first competitive soccer team coach, um, definitely played a big part in kind of ruining my love for the sport in that way. Um, he wasn't the most supportive. He, um, didn't say the right things at the right times. And I think as a very young eight-year-old to 11-year-old, I was very, um, you know, vulnerable. I think we all were, we were so young. And I think, I think some of the things that he would say, some of the comments that he would make were really impactful and really hurtful. And I think that that definitely kind of like, you know, made me like, oh, this isn't, this isn't why I play soccer. This isn't, you know, what, what I want to, how I want to be treated. And so that's why I moved clubs, but that still kind of follows you all those years later. And it still does today. Um, but I think that, you know, I always love the sport, but that definitely, you know, really kind of took a toll on me. And I was like, oh my goodness, now I have to choose And high school soccer is so competitive. And, you know, there were just so many factors that my parents had many, many, you know, late night conversations about it. Like, what do you want to do? And I always miss it. I always, you know, wish I was on the field. Of course, I'm out there kicking my soccer ball around, but it definitely does kind of suck that I wasn't able to kind of continue that sport. And there were a lot of different things that played into it, but those are kind of some of the main reasons. Yeah, but it sounds like you got the best of both worlds where you have an amazing talent still and you're using it within the sport to do even better things. So I think that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely nice to keep that part alive. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm sure our listeners are wondering how many juggles, like, do you have a record? Do you count? Like, I, I'm just so curious. Yes, 100%. I do have a record. I'm actually going for a new record soon before the summer ends. Um, so my record is 5,350 consecutive juggles, which oh, took okay. over 56 minutes. Um, it's all on YouTube too. My mom, too, you know, we took a video. We have like two cameras that took the video. Um, it's all on YouTube, if you don't believe me. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so I, I'm very, very particular about my records. I, I um, definitely value that a lot. I feel like if there's no documentation, that you know, I think I'm, I take that part of it very seriously. Um, so that's how I count my, my, you know, records and stuff. My mom's that's there, my sister's tallying on her phone the hundreds and it's, it's a process. Oh, wow. It sounds like <laughs> it. So what's the new record you're, you're going for? 6,000. Oh my gosh. Good yeah. luck. That's insane. Yeah, That's you. crazy. I know. I know. I so don't know. Cool. So you. how does this work when you're doing these records? Is it like, tell us how the fundraising type of stuff works and, and kind of what you've been up to this summer at least. Yeah. So I think um, there are a lot of different ways that people are donating now, not just through soccer juggling, um, like soccer juggling clinics and selling soccer balls, 
all that stuff is definitely other ways to raise awareness as well as public speaking. And it used to be a dollar per juggle when I could only get, you know, 100, 200. Now that I'm getting thousands, um, that's a lot less common. But, you know, I thought uh, too, I was like, wow, so are you in for like $6,000 right off the bat? No, no, no. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So if like, you know, I get 5,350 consecutive juggles, some people will donate $53 um, and like, you know, whatever, 50 cents. So that'll kind of, you know, the, sometimes the numbers are really important. Um, and so sometimes also people will just see me post something or post a blog and we'll donate a hundred dollars because it's just my commitment, I think is what people are really, you know, seeing and like, oh, I spoke to this school and I did this and I've been doing this and I'm working on this project. People are like, oh my God, she's still at it donating, you know, $200. And there are other ways, you know, I go to a golf tournament twice a year, um, which is a have a ball golf tournament raises money for all different kinds of cancer causes. And, um, I go there and I play a little juggling game and I get money through there. So I, um, you know, like with, with all the golfers, they donate. So that's really great. And there are just so many different like events and activities and things that I've been going to, um, the 4th of July parade in my town is actually a really big opportunity for me to kind of go, you know, walk through the Lex Recorda Madeira parade and juggle like the whole time, which is really fun. But, um, that has been canceled the past two years due to COVID. So there are a lot of events that, um, you know, I've kind of been a part of juggled in soccer games at halftime. Um, so kind of like the awareness and just, you know, people hearing my story and hearing the commitment and what I've done kind of, I think, inspires them to donate the most. Absolutely. Well, and you mentioned COVID. So this past year and a half, like how has that impacted your fundraising efforts and just um, your overall mentality with trying to stay motivated to do this, I think is really hard, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's really hard to kind of, you know, you have to think about COVID and you have to think about how that's impacting kids with cancer because Mm -hmm. that's a huge impact. I mean, these kids are already going through so much and now they have to really, really be careful with what they do and who they see. So that was really hard for me, you know, I think seeing that as the pandemic played out, but I found ways to kind of work around it. Um, You know, online school did offer one really surprising advantage, which was the fact that I could, you know, at lunch and study halls and, you know, all these other things kind of log off my Zoom and do interviews or, you know, meet with the St. Jude team or, you know, do whatever marketing meetings or, or whatever I was doing, but I was really able to kind of um, take a break and, and easily kind of work around that um, and do Zoom meetings like this really, really conveniently. So that was like one really surprising thing that kind of worked during COVID. Um, but now that I'm back in school, it's, it won't be that easy. I've actually had to, you know, get passes and notes and leave, you know, but um, it's definitely been, you know, pretty hard at first, but I think um, I found some ways to adapt to the pandemic pretty easily. Sounds like it. My goodness. And I think our, our listeners probably have no idea. You're 16. Is that right? I am. I'm, I'm so like so impressed by, by yeah. your, your articulation and, and uh, your devotion to all of this and how you're balancing all of this. I mean, so many other 16 year olds have really struggled the past year and you are making um, just such an impact. It's, it's amazing. So I think that's Thank awesome. so much. Um, so yeah, so what do you have coming up going you're going into junior year is that right going into my senior year so i'll be i'll be 17 in september i have a late oh okay Okay. yeah um so i have a tedx uh talk coming up as you mentioned before 
Um, so that'll be aired in September. Uh, it's all virtual. So I will be recording it and then sending it in, but I will definitely, you know, send out links, post on my Instagram um, for everyone to see that. And then um, going for a record too, that's, that's a really big deal for me. And, um, you know, it, it is my last year of high school. It definitely won't be my last year of doing juggling for Jude, but it'll be kind of interesting, you know, once I hopefully, you know, go to college, assuming that I'm going um, to kind of see how I'm going to expand that maybe on my college campus. Um, I'm going to be talking to a lot more schools in the fall. I, I did a lot of um, speaking to, I think I spoke to about four schools right before the school year ended because that's when a lot of kids were going back. So hopefully this year, now that kids are back in school, I'll do a lot more um, public speaking, which I'm really excited about, which is like my favorite thing to do. And um, yeah, so those are kind of some of the the really big things I have coming up, um, you know, and, and we'll see, we'll see what about with college you were saying like, so going into your senior year, are you going to start doing your applications? Is there a certain schools that you're interested in going to, are there certain yeah. schools that are better for philanthropy than others? And is that something you're going to, totally. I mean, I don't even know if that's a major at this point or what, but yeah, yeah. So there are definitely some schools that have great, you know, civic engagement and social impact and, um, philanthropy programs that I've definitely been looking into. Unfortunately, I'm not going to say those schools because it actually gets really intense and other oh, I'm sure. yeah, yeah, but there are, you know, a lot of great um, social impact programs and, and public policy, social policy, things that I've really been looking into that I'm definitely going to major in if the school has it. Um, and then I really want to take juggling for Jude to my, you know, with me to, to college and see what I can do and see who I can connect with, or if I can, work with my, you know, university or school soccer team, um, or, you know, what, what I can do. So I definitely want to be taking it with me and, and kind of, um, you know, putting it out there. Another thing that I also forgot to mention that I did over the pandemic is the juggling for Jew challenge, which I actually had professional soccer players and teams from all over the world, um, participate in that challenge. And, um, we raised over $50,000 as a, you know, collective challenge. So that was really cool. I totally Oh my God, that's huge. Yeah. Any local, uh, yeah. local pros in within California, I guess, or is it men and women, just women? Like men and women. Um, we had some professionals in Mexico, um, in Europe. Uh, it was, oh my God, it was amazing to see, you know, my little fundraiser <laughs> turn into such a global effort. Um, and so that was during the pandemic summer of 2020. Um, so that was, wow. you know, really, really, really cool to see um, that happen. And it was just such a, such a great moment for me. That is so cool. That's awesome. Um, and when you mentioned the colleges and social impact, I know you can't say, but I don't know if you know this, but like six out of the 10 or 11 of us at female footballers are Cal grads and they have an amazing program for social impact. And I'm pretty involved in the alumni for the women's soccer team. So any interest there, you let me know because that I is super cool. Will. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, that's so no. cool. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. So going into your senior, this is crazy. So I, one of the questions as you've been talking that I thought of was um, how much of what you're doing is still managed by your family and how much now is managed by you? Because this is still a lot for somebody you're able to take on while you're doing school and dance competitively like you are. So how, yeah. how much of this is, how do you balance that? Yeah, it's definitely a lot. Um, you know, I won't lie. It's, you know, there are times that it gets really, really stressful and, you know, kind of like, oh my goodness, there's a lot going on. I've definitely been able to take over the website, social media. Um, that has been something, you know, that my mom always like monitors, but I'm definitely the one 
running the show now, um, now that I'm old enough to kind of understand the logistics of, of social media and websites and all that. Um, and before I could drive, my mom, you know, would drive me to all the events and all the school talks and stuff. And now I do a lot more of that on my own. And I think I have gotten a lot more independent, but my mom is always there, you know, taking photos. She's always there making sure I'm safe. Um, you know, being there at any big event just to ensure that, you know, everything is right. And you're right. I am still 16. So there's a lot that I still don't know. And a lot that I, you know, still haven't been exposed to. So my mom has really been such a great support in ensuring that I'm comfortable and I'm safe. And it's always great to get an adult on board. I mean, she definitely doesn't do the fundraiser, but she's there with me. And um, I definitely kind of do it without her and my parent or and my dad and my sister. They're just all such a great support team. Um, but, you know, I think it's, it's not bad to ask for help or to ask for support ever. So um, I think that that's been really important. And, you know, she'll remind me like you have some things you need to do, like, you know, get some emails you have to get back to. Um, I'm not perfect. I'm still a kid. And so I think that having that support has been super, super valuable. And I'd encourage it to anyone who wants to start anything. That's awesome. Yeah, I do think that it's just it is a lot for I mean, anybody running any kind of business in a sense, this is like that or organization. Um, what I'm just still so impressed with is your interest in pediatric cancer and how um, passionate you are to raise money for them. Was there a personal situation with it or anything like that where that is partially why you chose that route or or no? Yeah, so um, thankfully I actually was not connected to the hospital in that way. My mom just um, has followed St. Jude since she was my age, um, watching like the Marlo Thomas commercials on TV or whatnot. So she introduced it to me and then I did a whole project on it. But through my fundraiser, I have now been connected with tons of St. Jude patients and families. And I will say it's been the most meaningful, most powerful experience, you know, more than any, you know, big people TV or, you know, whatever, or like TV interview. And none of those compared to, you know, or getting a juggling record. Like it is all not in comparison to meeting and speaking with St. Jude patients. It is by far the best thing. And I just absolutely love it. Um, their stories are incredible. I mean, the things that they go through and the things that they endure at such a young age is beyond me. And they are just the best. They are so passionate and so kind. And so, you know, just, just amazing. I mean, I really couldn't talk about them more, but they, um, they have made such an impact on my life. And I, the second summer that I was doing juggling for Jude, i that was the first year that I met a cancer patient and she lived, you know, 10 minutes away from me. She was my age and she, you know, hung out with her friends, went to school and to kind of see someone who had their life turned upside down like that. I was just kind of seeing that like my life hasn't been like that. It was, it was the craziest thing. And I've developed such a unique friendship with her and I'm still in contact with her. And so, you know, and then meeting other St. G patients, some who are into soccer and, you know, seeing that, and it, it definitely has made such a, a powerful impact on my life. So that is, that is how I think I've remained connected with the hospital. 
I think that's so cool that it's made an impact on your life and now you're making quite an impact on everybody else and what you're doing and um, would love for you to tell our listeners, you know, where they can follow you and find more information about you. I mean, girl, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, like you can Google Hollis and get a ton of information. She is out there doing amazing things. She's won tons of philanthropic awards and um, I'm just so impressed even just with your own resume and what you're doing. But where can people find you? Yeah, they can find me at um, Juggling for Jude. That's my Instagram. I think it's jungle, Juggling underscore or underscore Jude. Uh, Junglingforjude.com. That's my website that also has all my information. Um, reach out to me, DM me, uh, send me a message through my website. I have blogs that I post, updates. Um, you know, you, yeah, you can probably find me on YouTube. Um, you can find my all my press things, my People magazine. Um, you'll find my TED Talk on my social media and my website eventually when I'm allowed to release it um, and all of that. That is so awesome. So um, we're going to have to do something in the future with female footballers. Yes. Oh my um, God. Yes, totally. Have Kira like set it up or something. But yeah, I mean, it'd be really cool to um, engage either the local college players involved in something like that or, or just the, the whole community in the Bay Area. We have so many soccer people. My husband played for the quakes and and we should get them involved oh my goodness <laughs> wait he he played for the san jose earthquakes yeah, yeah i used to do i used to juggle with them and i juggled at their game with my with my uh friend from saint jude we went out onto the field and kicked off the ball that is oh so, cool. So cool um yeah, oh my goodness yeah. i would love to get reconnected with them that is so yeah, great oh absolutely yeah he um he's still very involved with organizations so i'm happy to try to help connect if i can yeah, but that I, would be I mean, just to, I think you need to be at some games. I think yes. we need to get you in front of people more. I mean, oh, yeah. Games <laughs> are back open. That's awesome. Definitely. Very cool. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to us today. You are truly an inspiration and what you're doing is amazing. And I just wanted to highlight what you're doing on our female footballers podcast and our Instagram, just because soccer should always be, you know, an avenue to ignite all players to do, you know, everything that they can to promote things that are bigger than the sport, because we're more than just athletes. We're more than just the sport that we play. And um, there's so many other things that are important in this world. And I think what you're doing is phenomenal. So thank you so much. And thank you guys, female footballers, for bringing, you know, light to that subject. That is so, so important. So thank you guys. Awesome. All right. Well, we look forward to uh, having more guests coming up soon on our podcast. We really appreciate all the listeners. Uh, for tuning in. You can find Hollis on her Instagram. We'll put that in our um, in our own Instagram and we'll link it onto this post in our podcast. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time.